0: Before we start this week's episode, our thoughts are with the family of Greg Floyd, who was killed the day we recorded this podcast on May 25th. While I didn't know of his death at the time of this recording, his death still affects me and millions of other Americans nonetheless. Hopefully this podcast can offer a temporary reprieve or to lift your spirits. I love talking to Kat. Thanks again to her for creating this silly podcast with me. Rest well, Big Floyd. Enjoy the show.
1: Sorry I made you watch Avatar
0: again. It was an interesting watch, to say the least. I think contextually, these movies, they live in their own era. So kind of thinking about them in the 2020 kind of sense is a bit tricky. Because if you take the kind of the context of their importance, I mean, and you're left with just the movies... Mm -hmm. it's a it's a really hard sell (laughs) like so i guess it's just a really super generic question an overarching question about terminator 2 titanic and avatar if these movies didn't generate literal billions of dollars do they actually matter
1: that's a good that's a good overall question for for this I think I'm going to have some some interesting takes. I won't describe them as hot takes because I'm not sure they're hot, but I will say that they are at least solidly recently microwaved takes.
0: Do you have like an overarching take about all three?
1: Or uh, do you just want to
0: go down the line?
1: So I think for me it probably makes sense to go down the line, but I will say that I think that James Cameron has done for special effects – what George Lucas hoped to be doing with special effects.
0: I w- that's actually a really good observation because I think in particular for Terminator 2, like, in the moment, like, it was really advanced. like It was really ahead of its time. And in a, in a way that, like, on repeated viewings throughout the 90s and even in the early 2000s, the movie still held up. Like, it still kind of holds up. Yeah, it does. Like, shockingly, it does. Because it, it, it was you know, just really out there.
1: You know how Toy Story, like, the reason that they decided to make a movie about toys is because they could only render, like, plastic and metal really well in their 3D modeling? Yeah. That, to me, is like, he's like, all right, we got the hang of metal. <laughs> we can we can computer animate things that look metallic. Yeah. So he's liquid metal and he can reform to anything. Got it. Like, and that seems to me to be he figured out what worked with what he had, and just decided to focus on what worked and use that to tell the story, which I think makes it
0: hold up better. As a visual, uh, as a visual visionary, Cameron is kind of in his own league, but. That's what makes him extraordinary. Anything well, else other than that, it's, it's super questionable.
1: Okay, he's, like, a... Can we just agree, like, right off the bat that he's... I don't want to say crazy, because that doesn't seem fair. But, like, he's out there.
0: No, like, he's apparently, like, a tyrant when he makes movies. Like, um... Kate Winslet like, broke a bone in her elbow. <laughs> when filming yeah. Titanic, like... So, yeah, like, he... Apparently, he pushes the bounds... For not only visually, but, you know, sanity-wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, have you... So, there's a lot to talk about here. The first thing I'm going to talk about is, if you get a chance, please, God, watch his 60 Minutes, like, appearances.
0: Three, two,
1: one, urchins!
0: We dropped in on Cameron a few times over the past two years and found a man obsessed. A hands-on devil for detail. As here, with time and money slipping away, he spent most of the day rehearsing and shooting and shooting a scene that might last barely seconds. (laughs) Are you excessively uh, obsessive? Clinically? (laughs) Never been diagnosed. I'm sure it's in the job
1: description for directors in general.
0: Cameron is 55, married five times. For the last nine years to actress Susie Amos. His office is filled with remembrances of Blockbuster's past, including the wheel from the set of the good ship Titanic. I keep this in my office because I know what it feels like to be the at the helm of a sinking ship, which, <laughs> which is what it feels like on every movie that I make.
1: Okay. Because he's getting interviewed by all these people, and James Cameron is not shy about being who he is
0: in a way that's really interesting to watch. So... When you look at those interviews, what what were your biggest takeaways from it?
1: Uh, he has a hat that he wears when he's directing. Uh, and it says HMFIC on it. And that stands for Head Motherfucker in Charge. Uh, and that was given to him by his second wife. I don't remember what number she is. But like one of his 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 wives gave that to him because she was like, there's no fighting with you. And like he was like, you're right. There is no fighting with me. Because I'm great.
0: (laughs) I mean, just for the billions of money he's generated, like, his ego has has to be on 50. So, Terminator 2.
1: Yeah, so I watched that for the first time on Friday.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) even before we get into these movies, so, you hadn't seen Terminator 2 and you haven't seen... Titanic. Uh, titanic but you yeah. saw avatar when it came out
1: yeah uh i got dragged to avatar uh shout out to my kindergarten best friend who listens to this podcast while she runs hi ellie she convinced me to go with her to go see it and i thought it was fine uh i didn't love it i didn't hate it i thought it was fine now keep in mind in 2009 i'm like 11 12 so like i didn't exactly have a great palette for movies. But I remember thinking, this is very long. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, it is. In 2020, it's still very long. Uh, but not in a good way.
1: And this is very long about covers how I feel about it.
0: Yeah, but I, more so going back to just kind of, it's so it's so funny how, it's like Terminator 2 and Titanic, like those are, like, really cultural touchstones of the 90s where, like, I think if there's things that you can create in art that just become pop culture, like, Mm John Vassagat, like, he is pop culture. Like, Kanye West, like, Kanye West, for better or for worse, he is pop culture. Like, Titanic and Terminator 2, like, those are moments in pop culture, not just for film. And for me, someone growing up, like... Terminator Two was ninety one. So I was, you know, super, super young. Had the VHS. Of any movie, I would say Terminator Two is a movie I've watched most of my entire life. Like like I I was always big on action adventure. Like and this movie was that. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people consider like the greatest like action movie ever. Um for me personally, I think even for a movie like Total Recall that Arnold has done, I think is more smarter than this, so I would elevate more movies above T2. But T2 was, like, really everywhere. Like, it's it's kind of amazing how, like, it didn't really... Other than Arnold, no other career... Well, Arnold and James Cameron, no other career really benefited from this movie as far as, like, from the acting and from the camera side, like... yeah which is, like, the kid, he he never really got into anything, like, uh, the cobbler to Hamilton, like, no one else, like, really kind of blew up from this movie, which is really strange, because this movie was super popular, someone other than Arnold, just by sheer osmosis, should have had some kind of career outside of this, but, I don't know, I guess it's a different story, but, like, this movie was just everywhere, um,
1: so, I don't have any nostalgia for it.
0: Right? Yeah, I the thing. Like, like, I, I don't. Yeah, you wouldn't. Like, you... Like, I think the reason I'm kind of surprised you never watch it is because even even coming out of the 90s, like, this is still a pretty popular action movie. Um, so, I'm kind of surprised that like, even someone like your dad, like... I'm assuming he never like really kind of talked to you about this movie or like had any He's never seen it. Wow. That I told him me.
1: I told him that I was watching the Terminator movies for the podcast this week and he just was like, Ugh, "Have
0: fun." So he never even watched the first one. No, nope. wow. I would even say if you're talking just on like a like a movie level beyond achievement, I mean, even the first one is probably b- technically better, but God I, damn, that's I, really I think it's really
1: unfair to compare them.
0: Well, you know, they're drastically different. They serve different masters, so...
1: Yeah, because to me, Terminator 1 is kind of a slasher movie.
0: Yeah, it is. Like, it's not kind of... You're right, it is.
1: And Terminator 2 is like a road trip movie, fish out of water story that's also a crazy action movie.
0: Yeah, like, this is like the... Popcorn movie of the 90s Like, you put this on You don't need to think about shit Just just mm-hmm. strap on the ride and enjoy Like, I'm watching The scene where They're on the bikes And they're in the the canals mm-hmm. And, you know, the semi The semi truck is going to explode In like another like 45 seconds But, damn, that's really surprising Even your dad And your mom, she never saw these either? No that's super surprising. Are, are are they just not into, I guess, just pop things?
1: I don't know. I think that she was in... Well, first of all, like, both of my parents were very career people. I don't know that they made a ton of time for stuff. Like, pop culture-y stuff. But I think my dad was more into music. My mom was... I don't even know. I don't know. Because, like, I remember they, like went on a date to go see Chicago together when I was very young. They did like to go to the movies and like see stuff, but I think this may have just fallen in that time where like they were busy and trying to have a kid and whatever. It just wasn't a good time.
0: Damn! Like for any of the listeners, if I would say if any of our listeners who are above the age of I would say maybe twenty eight. Please hit up Kat and let and let her know how wild it is her parents ever watched T two. <laughs> it's not wild in a bad way. It's just it's just really it's really shocking. Like it's not bad in any church imagination, but like that's how that's how much this movie was just everywhere. Like just on the, this is like an MTV. Maybe, maybe that's why they never kind of caught it because this is definitely when people talk about the MTV generation, like this serves that master. Like Mm -hmm. if you were in 91, if you were between the ages of like sperm and 21, 22, like this was probably the flick that you watched the most. So, you know, if your parents are, you know, professionals trying to have a kid, it would kind of make sense. They just kind of never caught it in the moment. But, but yeah, man, like I'm, I'm still kind of shocked. (laughs) But what about this movie? If anything, other than just sort of the CGI, what about T2 works for you or or, what doesn't work for you?
1: Honestly, I, I, Uh, not to, to spoil prematurely, but I gave this four and a half stars on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. Not a lot about this movie didn't work for me. Frankly, I found it meticulously well done. Um, I thought that the action is well choreographed and it is stunningly beautiful. Uh, James Cameron loves some fireballs, and he gets some doozies in this one. I also really love that instead of things being hard to see at night, he puts almost like a blue gel on everything. So it has that really slick, soft future look. Yeah. I love the, what, T-1000? Yep. I think that he is a great character watching Todd, the stepdad get stabbed through the mouth is like my (laughs) new favorite thing.
0: Someone to get that fucking mutt.
1: (laughs) I feel like John was a great kid because he felt like a real kid.
0: Yeah. There's a real level of vulnerability that, and again, that's why I'm surprised. Like, his career didn't do anything after this either. Like the his hey, level of sort of hey. vulnerability is pretty wild in this movie.
1: He did T2 3d at universal studios that ran until, you know, 2019 in some, or 2018 in some
0: places. Oh, well, shout out to that.
1: <laughs> he He's making some sweet residuals. I think. Yeah. Like it's still running in Japan. I'm sure he's fine. Um,
0: well, I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about if he wants to be an actor, why why was he not allowed to be an actor? I'm talking about that. I don't know. Uh, Maybe but he, he worked
1: with James Cameron and decided he never wanted to do anything ever again.
0: Probably. he was I'm not Detroit sure I would Rock
1: blame City.
0: him. He was in Detroit Rock City, which I did really fuck with. But um, I'm really surprised that this is a movie that you regard pretty highly, pleasantly surprised i should clarify but for me yeah like this is definitely four and a half territory just for nostalgia's sake alone like like i think the only things that i'm kind of questioning is what kind of movie would this be if james cameron was like a smarter writer like, would this movie be better served or may kind of dogged by if they play more into kind of like the questioning of humanity and why we create things to destroy us, like like the purpose of you know That's a AI technology. Movie, though. Yeah, but do you think if he tries to incorporate that, do you think this kind of makes it better, or makes it worse? Because I don't, I don't really have an answer.
1: I don't know because to me. The story is john learning to trust adults again
0: yeah
1: he finds out that terminators are real and this is a thing that he spent his whole life believing that his mom was crazy for so he has to forgive himself for distrusting his mom he has to trust the t-800 that has come back to take care of him like we could talk about the idea of why do we create things that destroy us, but like it's not about that. And one of the things that like I really like about it is it's got a big heart, you know, and it's not shy about it. And I feel like if it tried to stuff anything else into the movie, I worry that we would get to like Avatar levels of preachiness. And Avatar is preachy.
0: You're making some great points. Keep going, yes. I don't want that for this movie. Damn, you, I mean, shit! You you really just answered my question. If if he if Cameron tries to go on, maybe sort of different levels. And and Avatar's writing is very haphazard, like very on the nose. And I do agree that the relationship between John and T eight hundred. I do think without that, this movie doesn't work. Like without him, you know, saying you just can't go around killing people. Like, and then he's trying... I think it's actually pretty good. Like, he's trying to convey, like, a child would why killing someone is bad, but he can't quite do it. He just sort of intrinsically knows that it's bad, but he doesn't necessarily know why. Jesus, you're going to kill that guy! Of course, I'm a Terminator. (sighs) Listen to me very carefully, okay? You're not a Terminator anymore, all right? You got that? You just can't go around killing people. Why? What do you mean why? Because you can't. Why? Because you just can't, okay? Trust me on this. Which, I mean, it's being an adult and becoming very jaded about people. Like, you know, that's kind of a thing that he has not that has not happened to him yet. Like, his mom, Sarah Connor, like, she's, like, completely tilted in that, like, very mm-hmm. terrible way of not necessarily caring about human life when John is someone who still kind of does. Like, the innocence that he has and is did conveyed you? in this movie is really great.
1: Did you see Dark Fate?
0: Uh, yes, I did.
1: What did you think?
0: Think of Star Wars episode seven they basically tried to do the same thing where they tried to basically cookie cutter the same type of storyline and put into that movie but it wasn't nearly as well as executed
1: so i watched it first before i saw terminator one before i saw terminator two the only terminator movie i had seen going into terminator dark fate was Terminator 2 3D at Universal Studios. Which, by the way, like, watching that movie, the economy of storytelling in that movie is fucking fantastic. I do not understand why James Cameron kept making three-hour movies when clearly he was made to make 27-minute short films for theme parks. Like, Jesus. But anyway, for me, I really liked Dark Fate. I know that's a very controversial opinion, but as someone who has no nostalgia for the franchise... It did a really nice job of endearing all of the characters to me, making me interested in who they were and what was going on and making me want to find out that extra backstory for myself.
0: Yeah, for someone that has the nostalgia for that, it was it was too carbon copied out. Like there's there's like plenty of drops throughout Dark Fate that if you if you don't know the context of the Terminator movies, you don't catch. Like there's plenty of like Easter eggs in Dark Fate. That link directly back to T two, and it's like they're they're trying to get you to microdose nostalgia in those moments, and you can kind of feel it on the seams. So I that was a movie I saw it. I'm pretty sure I just gave it like a maybe like a three on Letterboxd, but that movie wasn't necessarily like it. I think I came away from that movie just like, was this movie really needed? So that's, I guess I can kind of tell you how I felt really about that movie. Yeah. Oh, I gave it a two and a half.
1: <laughs> I think I might have given it a three and a half. It wasn't a great movie and by any stretch of the imagination. But frankly, I found that there are more moments to me that stuck out in that movie than I thought there would be.
0: Again, I think... Contextually, going back to just that concept of, I think these movies just in a bubble itself. And then watching them just kind of outside of that bubble is going to be two different experiences. And oh, the right. Is-
1: I forgot I didn't start tracking movies until the first of this year. Also, <laughs> for context, four and a half is the same score that I give the Grand Budapest Hotel. I only gave the Prestige four.
0: That's not necessarily a knock. I mean, I would say Terminator 2 is a better movie than Prestige. I may have given Prestige a four four and a half, but... I mean, again, that's, your, that's the context of you, so I think that does matter when you're talking about these movies. But I think you can just wrap it up on Dark Fate. like I think maybe if I had never seen Terminator 2 and kind of went with it without the eye of seeing Terminator 3 and then seeing the fourth Terminator movie, just those just being completely bad and feeling like it was going to be kind of like another cash grab. And then for me just seeing it be like this cookie cutter thing even they have you know women protagonist it just feel like it was completely the same story as terminator 2 in my eyes so i couldn't kind of i couldn't divorce that so that's why i'm not really high on it
1: i keep going back and forth on it you know i might try to revisit it now that i've seen too
0: do you have any plans when rewatching watching terminator 2
1: someday i mean i i'm <laughs> So, I did that thing that I do where I rented it for, like, three bucks. Yeah. And my 48-hour window has passed. Yeah. I would like to watch it again. I don't want to pay for it again. But, like, if it was on, I would watch it until it was over, have it on in the background while I was doing stuff. I
0: don't know if you have Showtime, but it's supposed to come to Showtime in June. Hell yeah. So So, you'll have the chance to do that. What are your thoughts on Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because as a man
1: or as an actor well
0: as an actor i mean we you know he's he is a man so there's a lot of pitfalls just in that in itself but do you have an opinion on his career because if you're like kind of like of the 90s like you're 80s baby coming into the 90s like arnold is actually one of the seminal actors of our time which is really wild to think about but what are your thoughts on like arnold's career or do you even have any like thoughts on his actual acting career
1: It's really tough to have thoughts on his actual acting career because by the time I was born and, like, achieved, like, actual, you know, adult consciousness, he
0: was governor. He was the governator by then, okay. Right.
1: Are you familiar with
0: the show The Governator? I think I read it on Wikipedia once. I didn't want to give it any energy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, so, there, the intro exists. The, the show does not exist, but the intro was released. And the intro's amazing. So, I'm absolutely going to share that in the links page that we do this week. To me, he has always been a really weird figure, but I've always enjoyed the things I've seen him in. I mean, now I just enjoy the hell out of him, like, losing his shit on social media all the time. But he's a decent action star. It seems like James Cameron especially, like, knows how to use his Arnold Schwarzenegger pop, like, properly. Yeah. So, like, there was a moment when he was holding the minigun where I looked at my friend. We were watching this movie together over Zoom because it is his favorite movie of all time. So shout out to my friend Dennis. And Dennis was like, he looks really good holding that gun. And I said, yeah, it feels like James Cameron saw Arnold Schwarzenegger and went, Arnold Schwarzenegger needs an excuse to hold a minigun. Hell and yeah. then wrote two screenplays about it. Hell um, yeah. And even in Dark Fate, when he is explaining like the patterned curtains for a little girl's room instead of the solid.
0: Yeah. I
1: don't think I've laughed that hard in a really long time. I could not stop laughing.
0: Because you're saying he's like a kind of a decent action star, like with his like comedic timing. I legit think he's probably like the greatest action star we've ever had. He's someone it's a weird like he takes every project seriously, but he never came off as he took himself too seriously. So he, he brings this sparkle to a lot of what he does. Where yeah, you can like tell he he loves what he does. I mean, he was he was one of the most famous human beings and got paid to blow shit up. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, how could you not at that point? You know, but he's like, solid colors for a little girl? Like, and he seemed genuinely mad about it. Friggin' Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Like, this is Arnold's run in the 90s. Like, just not even the 80s to launch his career or anything uh, post-99. He did Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, T2, Last Action Hero, True Lies, Junior Eraser, jingle all the way batman and robin end of days there's only of those movies There's only like two misses maybe one and a half which which one are you considering the miss end of days like that movie was kind of it was kind of very iffy um i'm in the half is batman and robin because batman and robin is a terrible movie but we just need the we need the puns like
1: he's what works (laughs) about that movie
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the movie's trash, but he is... Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, everyone, chill. I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. In this universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. You are not sending me to the cooler. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Can you feel it coming? The icy cold of space. Breezy, ah. I'm feeling hot. I find that unlikely. What do you say we heat things up? My passion, thoughts for my bride alone. Ooh, talk about your cold shoulder. All right, everyone, chill. Chill.
1: But also like the the scenes where he is like talking about his wife in that movie work, you believe it. And also that movie is not a failure. It printed money.
0: No, it's a bad movie. It made
1: money, but it's I would make an argument that Jingle All the Way is fucking abysmally horrible. Bite your tongue.
0: Jingle All The Way is a classic in American cinema.
1: Okay, you have to understand, though, not for me. Like, I didn't see that until two years ago when my college roommate was like, you haven't seen Jingle All The Way? Oh, damn. All these 90s hits. You missed it all. <laughs> and we were watching it together, and I was just like, I mean, I got to give Jake Lloyd some credit because he's trying real hard here, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Why does Jake Lloyd try so hard but constantly get shafted by...
0: Oh. (laughs) Bro, oh my god, I forgot he was in that damn movie. He...
1: To quote Linkin Park,
0: he tried so hard and
1: got (laughs) so far.
0: (laughs) Goddamn.
1: But in the end, it didn't even matter.
0: Between the two of us, I thought I would have made the first Linkin Park reference on the show. But you beat me to it, goddammit. I I
1: think I also made the first Party All the Time reference.
0: You did. You totally did. I
1: didn't realize that, like, that accidentally turned on a couple of my friends who listen to the podcast to the glory that is Party All the Time.
0: Oh, that song is electric. Oh, my God.
1: I've gotten messages from friends at, like, 3 in the morning, and they're like, so I started listening to your podcast, and now I have Party All the Time stuck in my head.
0: That needs to be everyone's ringtone as soon as the quarantine shit is over. (laughs) I just want
1: to go to a bar and like hear like eight people get those spam calls at the same time and just hear.
0: Hell yeah.
1: I also I'm a big fan of the line. She lets her hair down. She lets her body down.
0: Yeah.
1: The fuck does that mean?
0: Oh, you know what it means. <laughs> it means
1: that Eddie Murphy's a sex-shaming asshole.
0: Bro, I mean, it was a lot of cocaine fueling those nights, man.
1: Uh, He wrote proto-hotline bling, is what he I did.
0: Mean, I mean eddie murphy and rick james are geniuses I, I don't know what to tell you i don't know what to tell they you. Wrote
1: hotline <laughs> bling t2 was good everyone should see it uh especially because i feel like a lot of the things that it did are now cliches but t2 did it so well that i don't mind so a lot of movies they become cliches right they kind of get absorbed into the zeitgeist and oftentimes they are not. By the time you get to the original, it kind of seems a little, like, you don't, I don't get the hype, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I did not have that experience at all with T2. It he was just so a motorcycle, hot. and I was like, yes! And, like, he, you know, picked up the minigun, and I was like, fuck him up. Like, I was as into that movie as it is possible for me to be into, like, a hyper-violent action movie Where our main character is objectively not even human.
0: Yeah. And the funny thing is, I think if it's a real combination of the CGI being out of this world, it's a combination of Arnold. And I mean, to give James Cameron credit, like, it is him creating the first one, but then kind of realizing the second one could not be... The same thing that t- right. Terminator One was. I think if any of those are sort of misaligned, like even if you miscast Arnold, like if if an original Terminator like Bruce Willis or some other, well back then it wouldn't have been someone as small as Bruce Willis, it would have been someone like beefed up like Arnold. But by this okay, time, so, Arnold uh, stopped doing the roids. Rambo. Uh, oh investor? yeah, if Sylvester Stallone, oh my God, Stallone Terminator, like this movie would <laughs> be. Oh my I don't,
1: God. I'll, I'll be honest and like i'm not a big crier i think i'm pretty open about that i teared up when he said i know now why you cry but it's something i could
0: never do i'm sorry no! john i'm sorry no it'll be okay stay with us it'll be okay i have to go away no don't do it please don't go i must go away john no no
1: wait wait you don't have to do this Sorry. No, don't do it, don't go!
0: It has to end here.
1: I order you not to go! I order you not to go! I order you not to go!
0: I know now why you cry, but it's something I can never do.
1: That was pretty strong shit. It doesn't feel out of place in an action movie, but at the same time, like a moment where it's slow and you really feel the impact of it is not what you think of when you think of an action movie. So one of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie is that it takes time for John and for whoever, you know, whatever we're supposed to call Arnold. To I mean, feel, I don't call him
0: anything, yeah.
1: To feel like a feel that friendship and that connection and that eventual almost, Hey, do you want to be my dad kind of energy to form, which isn't something you always have time for in a movie where it's like, gotta run, gotta make a thing explode, gotta do the thing, gotta like, whatever.
0: Yeah. Like this is a movie. It's even if like, I think a writer who wants to get deeper Even going back to your point about this movie is about John, if you kind of think about it like a little bit too hard, like this kind of movie is like commentary on what it's like if your fraternal structure is just not there. It drives uh, Linda Hamilton insane. John becomes a delinquent and he's looking for father figures and other people that are not his Mm -hmm. his kin. So we definitely agree on how the movie itself, it kind of hinges on John and their relationship then. You know, everyone pulling off this pretty immaculate dance disguised in, you know, gunfire and explosives. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) But also, it's a hard hard R, but it feels like a movie a 10-year-old boy would be into.
0: I would In a way that makes
1: it feel authentic as the story of John the 10-year-old.
0: Yeah, I was five years old when this came out. I probably saw it when I was about five and a half or six and... This movie was <laughs> this movie was the rage of the playgrounds. Like it, like I wore that VHS out watching this fucking movie, man. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, man. So you gave it four and a half on Letterbox. I haven't rated it yet. Whenever I eventually do my greatest action movies list on Letterbox,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and if you're in Letterbox, follow me at Showing My Love. Uh, I'll probably follow anyone back because I don't follow anyone on Letterbox. But whenever I eventually do my greatest um action movies list, like it's go- it has to be in the top ten. Like it's not even anything less than that is pretty blasphemous. But I'll eventually make that one day.
1: Yeah, I rated it the same as Eve's Bayou.
0: <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs>
1: For completely uh, different reasons. But
0: yeah, like, yeah, but still. <laughs> no, I, I do you.
1: also have to say, though, watching it with someone who really loved it, I think was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that it necessarily influenced me a little bit, but being able to, like, kind of bounce some of the things off of this person who, who knew more than I did, yeah. I really appreciated.
0: When I started watching this movie, I streamed it, but... It was in a it was in a foreign language screen with subtitles. I, I could still hear these I can still these people' voices. Like I'm watching it on mute right now, and I know like the scrapes. I know the music. Like I know like what mm-hmm. it sounds like when they throw the metal on the concrete. So basically, I'm at the point now where they're escaping the hospital. They're in the police car, and then the T1000. He has his hooks and he's on the mm-hmm. cop car. Yep wipes the back window, I know exactly what that sounds like. I'll have that sound embedded in my brain for the rest of my life. One thing
1: that I think in all of the movies, you know, in, in Terminator, in Avatar, in Titanic... I really noticed it in Titanic, but I think across the board, James Cameron's meticulousness includes sound.
0: Oh, yeah, this is a CHX movie, yeah.
1: No, but I mean, like, even in kind of things that we take for granted, you know, the noise that the T-1000's Blade makes when it goes through Todd's mouth and the milk. Yeah. Whoever James Cameron works with as a Foley artist, you know, who kind of makes those sounds, is an amazing artist. And I really was noticing how some of these things sounded.
0: I'm serious. Yeah, it was a THX movie, so they get their shit off when they have this. But no, I agree like this movie's everything about this movie is basically what you want a counter-action kind of movie. Now, to ask the question, I guess to wrap it up on this movie, beyond its ability to draw money, this movie should exist, right? Oh, absolutely.
1: So, I think that it takes a lot of tropes that are traditional in action movies and really opens them up in ways that we probably wouldn't have gotten for a while. Otherwise, it also has a bigger heart than I think we associate with action movies, which allows them to become a little bit more of a communal experience. It's not just testosterone, it's testosterone and heart, it's testosterone and loss. It's really an experience within itself. Um, And just aesthetically, I really feel like it helped to set the yardstick for how we should be using effects. Yes, there are computer-generated effects. No, it is not entirely reliant on them. Some of those explosions are very clearly real. And there are definitely a couple of moments where you can see John go, Oh, God! Maybe even a little more than he was told to. So, yeah, I think this movie really justifies its own existence.
0: Yeah, just from the repeated viewings alone, like, damn, it's wild that I've been watching this movie for damn near 30 years and it still holds up pretty remarkably well.
1: Yeah, it really does. My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama of on Hyphenation. My daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he love this podcast. And I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So Daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad, though, because he has me. Alright, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks, y'all. I love the podcast. So please, please, please try to join. But if you know.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Can we hear it now? Now, a movie we need to really question if it should exist or not, (laughs) Titanic. (laughs) I think I probably would
1: have loved this movie if I hadn't spent the last 20 or so years of my life being told it was the best movie ever and that I was missing out. Who told you that? Pretty much every, like, friend I've had in middle school was like, you haven't seen Titanic? It's like the best movie ever. To the point where now, here I am. I watched it as the CBS Sunday night movie. Yeah. All four hours and 16 minutes of it. And I guess it was fine.
0: I guess it was fine. I mean, man, that movie, again, that is a movie that lived in time. <sighs> That may be one of the movies where, along with Avatar, which we'll eventually get to, but Titanic was a real moment that you kind of had to be there. Like, like you had to sort of get the (laughs) the two VHS tapes of it. Like, you had to get kind of caught up in Celine Dion. You had to get caught up. Even in the CGI, now, unlike Terminator 2, the CGI, watching on 2020 TVs, like, you can kind of see the seams now. But back then, like, the CGI was pretty good.
1: I still think it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, in the, in the moment, it was really jaw-dropping to see what they pulled off. And even now, like, I kind of have a more, I don't want to say cynical, but it really kind of hit me. I think that's something I always envisioned then and thought about then, but maybe not really. But now I watch it and it's like, oh, this is how these people died. And even sort of reading about like basically once you hit the water, you were pretty much dead. The fact that
1: this movie is PG thirteen is frankly horrifying to me.
0: Yeah, like there's a there's a lot of bodies that are got in this movie. Like, Like
1: watching this movie on CBS, let me let me just run you through what they edited out real quick. They edited out the nipples in the picture of Kate Winslet. Jesus in the sketch.
0: Yeah. And
1: they edited out the one about, I don't know, two-second shot of her just naked.
0: Well, they had to.
1: Well, yeah. Here's what they kept in. All of the bodies, every single one, uh, the sounds they made when they hit different things and were different degrees of frozen,
0: Yeah. they
1: kept that extended sequence of that boat that went back, having to literally push cold yeah. bodies aside. Yeah. What? What?
0: like (laughs) yes seeing frozen Um, babies is not what you want on a sunday afternoon
1: and like to me one of the the highlights of this movie to me is the horror that i felt in the last what hour and change
0: yeah because after they bone that's when it really happens
1: right and i will give james cameron this i felt horror yeah first of all you see just a shitload of dead bodies they say 1500 people hit the water yeah and obviously you don't see every single one but like when she says they only were able to save six people i was like i'm amazed they got six
0: basically for whatever reason i decided to kind of read the facts on it or whatever Mm -hmm. so they only pulled out in real life they only pulled out five people and they they grossly had not enough boats they yes. they underfilled boats for most part yep and all these people just got clapped for and it wasn't even their fault they so were, basically
1: the, the just abject catastrophe of this yeah. James Cameron captured in a way that I can only describe as masterful. Yeah. Truly. Because you see and hear a body hit a railing and that makes a different noise than the body hitting one of the things that's kind of in the middle of the deck. The different noise from the body hitting a chair. And he takes time to show you everyone.
0: I liken whenever they're all in the water and everyone's you know, obviously screaming you know, for help. I liken it to the Long Night episode in Game of Thrones, where the Mm -hmm. Iraqi have all their torches lit, they're charging into the night, and then one by one, like, you see, like, all the lights get extinguished. Like, that's basically the same kind of concept, and that's pretty fucking scary.
1: But that doesn't belong in the movie that we've been seeing up to this
0: point. I mean, so, when I told you about this movie, and you were on the tap out, Like, I told you the only reason to watch this movie is for two reasons only. 90s Leo and The Last Hour. And I didn't even tell you what The Last Hour was. I just said The Last Hour. And even going back to the 90s, like, that's literally the only reason why people... We'll want to watch it like we want to watch it for the love story that he has with kate winslet and unfortunately like we slow down for car wrecks like we watch terrible videos on the internet of people getting into gruesome shit like people wanted to see if he could pull it off and he, he pulled it off
1: I Me, mean, this feels like Monster Ever Wanna Watch It Again.
0: No, I, I I can see where you're coming from with that. Like, I haven't watched Titanic in at least ten years, probably.
1: I had a couple of issues with this movie, but one of the issues I did not have was the characterization. I thought it was really strong. So like I know I was texting you a little bit about some of the smaller characters. So like William Callahan is the guy who designed the ship. That man is acting his Heart out. In my mind, he is the the love story that he has with the ship should be the emotional
0: center of this movie. Uh, I don't want to watch a three-hour movie of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's a good actor, but I don't need to watch three hours of that.
1: I mean, no. Obviously, you still get the hour of bodies hitting the water and whatever, but like fine whatever and i also thought that kathy bates as molly brown was so powerful the and, moment where she's standing up in the boat and encouraging the women to go back and that skipper literally says i will kill you if you continue and you see the type of woman that she is and she she you see her have to think about sitting down yeah and she says i don't understand you people at all Rose, hold on just a little bit longer.
0: They, they had to go away for the suction, but now they'll be coming back.
1: Please! Help us! Help us!
0: You don't understand. If we go back, they'll swamp the boat. They'll pull us right down, I'm telling you. you not get off. You're scaring me. Come on girls,
1: grab an oar, let's go. Are you out of your mind? We're in the middle of the North Atlantic. Now
0: do you people want to live or do you want to die?
1: I don't understand a one of you. What's the matter with you? It's your men out there. There's plenty of room for more.
0: And there'll be one less on this boat if you don't shut that hole in your face! Who was right, though? Was he right or was she right? Because I would make the argument they're both right.
1: I think they are both right, but I I would make the argument that he has more blood on her hands, or on his hands, than she does. Because realistically, they needed more space. And that boat that was able to consolidate, you know, by moving their half full boat onto a different half full boat and then having a full boat to search for people that was yeah. possible. And if they hadn't wasted so long thinking about it.
0: Yeah. And, and there's actually a part that they, the a deleted part that they cut out where and even in real life, this happened. Like there was another ship that was, there was a ship that was close enough to actually see the flares and yeah. they didn't respond. Right, it's blowing everyone's hands, but I mean, it was a it was a disaster that
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't even know if you could argue if it even really could have been avoided, but it happened, and in my people. A actually, disaster yeah.
1: of that scale with steam travel would have happened eventually.
0: I guess the real question to ask about Titanic this is you know Leonardo DiCaprio at his hunkiest and dreamiest. I git.
1: don't think that at all.
0: Well, no, I'm talking about just in the zeitgeist of that moment. Like the movie was so popular and he was so popular in it. That is a big reason why the movie made money for. Not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even just say you know young girls seeing the movie, but in a in a like a teen bop kind of sense, like this is the movie of that generation. So like I was saying, like T two is like the MTV generation movie. Like this is the movie when they came out that middle schoolers and high schoolers like gravitated towards really really heavily and you know people can make a kind of assumption that it was all girls like no it was all men like Mm -hmm. people like kate winslet is arguably as beautiful as leo and she's beautiful in this movie and so their relationship in the movie you, you can buy it pretty heavily that they're into each other especially the younger you are i think that their relationship and then also coupled with the action that James Cameron brings to the table, those are the biggest reasons that you come to Titanic. Because you know eventually yeah. you see on the movie posters it's Winslet, DiCaprio, and the ship. So you know you're gonna get the love story, but at some point they're gonna show you how the ship sank. I mean and so that was the biggest reason for people coming there at the time.
1: Inherently the title is Chekhov's gun. You know, you call if you call your movie murder, you assume a murder is gonna happen. You know, if you call your movie Titanic, you eventually assume the Titanic thing is going to happen. I'll be honest, though. I feel like James Cameron was like, all right, all right. So, guys, I want to make a romance movie. I also want to make a horror movie about Titanic. And I also want to make a movie about rediscovering Titanic later.
0: Great. Okay, cool. It was the other way around. He wanted he wanted the shipwreck movie, and the only way he could get it done is if you made it a romance movie.
1: I'm not surprised because the (laughs) romance is the worst written shit I've ever. (laughs) Like I Woo! Okay, so
0: I need to Romeo and Juliet on Titanic. I guess that's how it was
1: pitched. (laughs) I gotta I gotta shout out to my friend Greg. He's a sweetheart. And I was texting him the whole time during this movie. And I said, I'm watching Titanic for the first time. And he goes, lol, amazing. Let me know what you think. And then an hour later, oh, you're serious, aren't you? And then I said, yeah. And he said, uh, there's a reason that this movie won 11 Academy Awards, but wasn't even nominated for Best Screenplay. It won Best
0: Picture, though, but... It's it's very saying.
1: poorly written, and the dialogue is horrible.
0: Draw me like you did one of those French girls.
1: You aren't any picnic yourself, Rose!
0: Bro, she's beautiful, but she was a, kind of a spaz, man. God, by the God,
1: end of it, I feel like she kind of got her shit together, but like...
0: Yeah. She,
1: she also is like 17, I think. Like, she's not. Like, she got Uh-oh. her first period like two years ago. Like, she's she's not having a great time. oh And she's engaged to Billy Zane, who has great eyelashes. But frankly, that's about all he's got going for him right now. I have a
0: child! I have a child! I have a child! Get Please, I have a child! <laughs> Please. <laughs> I she has no work. That's
1: my favorite part of the Okay. <laughs> But I think I think James Cameron was like I really just want Billy Zane to slap a woman. And he like Bro. wrote a screenplay Around Billy Zane slapping a woman. And they were like, can you like shove a love story into that Titanic movie? And he was like, as a matter of fact, and just smacked
0: the two scripts together. If you think about how ridiculous this movie actually is, it's really quite comical. Okay, we, we have a both... shootout on, we have a shootout on the Titanic. People are getting <laughs> clapped on the Titanic. That's but, nuts.
1: Okay. <laughs> but not even like, okay, let's, Can we please talk about the fact that both Billy Zane and Kate Winslet are acting like they're in a period drama from the 1910s and no one else
0: is? Not a single other person is. Other than the wardrobe, that's it. But like,
1: yeah, right? So like, okay, first of all, that's beguiling in and of itself. Like Kate Winslet and Billy Zane are clearly like someday Downton Abbey is going to happen. And I want to make sure they have my audition reel.
0: Oh my god.
1: But then we also have to deal with the shootout on the Titanic. And apparently I have found out that there are two endings for this movie.
0: Yeah, the original ending was going to be before Rose drops the necklace bill paxton rest in peace while well, fuck with you pretty heavy and rosa's granddaughter they saw her on the ledge they thought she was gonna jump they run over and then she reveals she has the diamond and then they drop it in the ocean anyway and then when she goes to sleep she goes to sleep that part was still in it but the other part of them finding the necklace like that was going to be added but then they were just like it no one gives a shit about the storyline anymore so let's get the fuck home basically
1: Okay, so the version that I saw, she throws the necklace in, and then you see her, like, walking back towards, I guess, her cab. Like, I don't know. I guess they're staying on the boat.
0: Yeah, she's on the where boat, she yeah. conveniently brought all of her family photos. Very vain roses.
1: They slow pan over, like, every photo of her.
0: Yeah, of her. Not, no one else. No one else. Just her. Big, uh, but, ins- big Instagram kind of vibes going but on. But also,
1: most of those photos are styled in the... This- in the style of the fifties. Yeah. Which means that would have been a solid 40 years after everything that happened. So she would not look like that, but okay, great. Um, Including the the model of the airplane, but whatever. (laughs) So. And then as she breathes her last breath, the slide whistle from my heart will go on comes in. Oh, yeah. And then, because there's, like, still five more minutes of movie after that.
0: Um. Oh, yeah, when they do the yep. the fantastic going back into the ship part.
1: But only with the people who died on the ship.
0: Well, I would give that kind of a pass because I think he's trying to, in that moment, he's trying to pay homage and okay, respect but- to those people.
1: The fact that they are welcoming her like home, to me, feels like it's trying to imply that some part of her, probably a large part of her, died on that ship. Yeah. But considering that she went on to have a life, her little old granddaughter that she lived with brought her here. The fact that it, it completely negates the fact that she like had a different life. And that, to me, felt very shallow, because I thought the point was, like, she did learn to love again, and she was able to move on, and she always had that first lost love that broke her heart, but, like, she her heart went on. Whereas, by having that be the ending, it was like, well, her heart went on, but just so she could eventually, like, out of a promise to a dead boy, that she Damn. would eventually, like, they they would fuck in heaven.
0: Damn, you're going kind of hard, Mr. But- <laughs> okay, but, like... <laughs>
1: It it just, literally all I'm asking for, if you're giving me, like, a three-hour and ten-minute movie, fine. You know what, Jim, I'll deal with it. But, like, give me one conversation where she says, like, you know I loved your grandfather, but, like, he was my first love. Like, give me something so at least the family that she left has something. Because the whole movie is like, well, I was in love with this boy, and he tragically died, so I guess I, you know, made do with my... Family.
0: It completely oh, no, 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 I think, everything
1: else that happens in the movie.
0: I think. I think you. I think you. Well, you are gonna. gonna <laughs> you are kind of going hard, but. But I'm right. Well, well let, me, let me offer a different opinion. The reason that at the end, she still has a diamond, but she's basically dirt poor. Like, she didn't hawk the diamond. She sort of kept it.
1: But apparently, she was a World War II pilot.
0: <laughs> so, that. I think they're really trying to symbolize that you are correct. A part of her did die on that ship. But I think the biggest thing they're trying to symbolize is that her kind of innocence died on that ship. And... She was a woman, a girl woman before she came on the ship, someone from privilege, someone who didn't necessarily earn anything in life, but she saw the evilness that Billy Zane was. She saw the love that Leo could offer her, and she went through this traumatic experience of not only just seeing almost 2,000 people die, she also experienced the love of her life at that moment dying as well so i think it's really trying to sort of say she drops the diamond necklace back into the ocean it's kind of a symbol of kind of her honoring the love to leo but then they go back into that you know fantastic staircase scene just to kind of pay homage even though these people died i guess we're trying to still respect them in some way i don't know i'm saying it out loud and it sounds kind of fishy so maybe you're right (laughs) maybe you're right (laughs) Well, because
1: I text a couple of my friends who often accuse me of going being too hard on movies. Like, I'm trying to convince them of my opinions on J.J. Abrams, and it's not going very well. But they, today, said, like, well, these characters clearly deserve the credit because they died. And I was like, okay, but, like, where is the guy who actually went back for people? Shouldn't he be in that scene, too, if we're trying to, like, go for people who, like, put their put their lives at risk, like, risked literally dying. It, it I mean, just seemed like die, a very... Though. No, he didn't, but, like, he was willing to basically get swamped by people if there were that many people left to try and help. I mean, he got a lot where's, of face time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he got the role as Mr. Fantastic in 2004. Great. That's the same actor, by the way. I did look that up. Eowyn Gufford deserved more good roles, and I'm sorry that this happened to him. Um, But also, to quote the Phantom Gourmet, that boy is a dish worth driving to, and I would eat him with a spork politely with his consent, of course. But it just seemed like a really arbitrary cutoff to just pick the people who died, because, like, the captain is directly responsible for this. He's and, on like, the bridge, he, Yeah, but he, like, directly... Is like he knew. No. And, well, and then at the end of the movie, he like gets like a moment where they like zoom in on him like clapping for them kissing, and I was like,
0: this is your fault. But no, it, no, I to blame him is really kind of pretty strong. Well, okay, one but the, he, he the wasn't narrative to blames the... him. He's well, like, no, we like... have to go
1: faster than them. He gets the ice warning, and he's like, fuck it, it's fine. I mean, Cause, okay because William Callahan, who goes down with the ship that he designed was like, I did not design it to be the fastest. Why
0: do you keep calling it's, him Will Callahan? That's, that's like, the
1: actor's name. I don't remember that's his not,
0: character's name. That's yes, not it his is. Name. His name is like Victor or some shit. Hold on. Is It It might be Victor Callahan. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Victor Garber. For
1: <laughs> fuck's sake, he's Callahan and legally blonde. Bro. <laughs> that's what it is. Girl. <laughs> Fucking... Oh, God damn it bro I yeah okay he's Callahan and legally blonde is what it is <laughs> Victor Garber, motherfucker, take me Jeez. out back and shoot me
0: like old yeller, Jesus Christ. Cat, I think you huh, I think you are kinda going hard at, at on this one, man. If I just say on face value alone, if I just say on face value, the only reason they went back into this ship was to honor the people that perished. Just on face value itself, yes or no, do you buy that?
1: I buy it, but I also feel like someone who is as meticulous and specific as James Cameron is smarter than that. Is he? It because- feels lazy to me
0: damn a, a tribute to the death feels
1: lazy to <laughs> not not as an idea but in execution
0: <laughs> all right okay cat cat come on now like i, said, I do think even just you're not joking when i say kind of going hard i legit think it was just a really kind of surface level we're gonna just go back one more time to pay homage to these people and then that's it
1: if you're gonna pay lip service make it consistent with the rest of your narrative that's all i ask i invested four hours and 18 minutes of my life into this bullshit
0: i mean again like i think that's the kind of a problem that cameron has as far as like between these three movies the best relationship he has is between a boy and a, a robot yeah so that's yep. that is a problem that cameron has damn she hated the tribute to dead people <laughs> <laughs> okay but Kat, like this is great this is great i'm i'm laughing because it's it's a ball talking to you i love you Kat, by the way <laughs> i love
1: you too mark i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this right because yeah. i don't know james cameron i've never met james cameron it's not like James Cameron and I hang out. Yeah. We don't get coffee on Thursdays or whatever. Like, you know, we don't we don't have any relationship. But I feel like James Cameron is like, I am going to present this as like the great tragedy, right? It is Romeo and Juliet, but instead of just Romeo and Juliet dying, the whole fucking all of Verona dies. And then it gives it this very weird saccharine ending, and I get it being a tribute, I guess, but the addition of Rose doesn't add anything. To me, like, it felt like they were like, okay, this is like, this is what it's gonna be, right? And I was like, I I guess? It was such a weird note on which to end it, because only part of her died on that ship.
0: The girl died, the woman emerged.
1: Okay, but then that makes, like, everything else, like, completely negates everything else. Because, like, then the death of 1,500 people, like, lowball. Yeah. Lowball 1,500 people is what it took for her to become a woman? All right, I just got a period and groped on the subway, okay? Like, it did not take the death of 1,500 people for me to become a woman.
0: I mean, but that is the fault of men writing women, so... That's...
1: I guess that might be my problem here
0: I was just watching the movie And I was like who is this for It's for people that want to see death But it's also people that want to see Beautiful 90's Leo Like that's, because I promise you That's it
1: The first two it. thirds As someone who enjoys Downton Abbey And like a good period drama I was genuinely into this like breach of decorum Situation that was going on
0: I saw that in the Nickelodeon once and I always wanted to do it. i see you Darling, surely you remember Mr. Dawson? Dawson? <laughs> it's amazing. You could almost pass for a gentleman.
1: Almost. It's extraordinary. And as someone who likes a good, like, action thriller kind of, you know, like, I really enjoyed um, Chernobyl on HBO, for instance. Oh,
0: Chernobyl's fucking fantastic. Chernobyl's great.
1: Who, the last third of this movie, and this first two-thirds of this movie, like, they don't hang out. They don't go to the same parties.
0: Yeah, they're building what? the class structure, yeah.
1: Why is the first two thirds of this movie for like sad middle school girls because and the you, last third of this movie for conspiracy theorists?
0: Because you have to sell the movie to Hollywood. And I think that's I think that's what James Cameron is. Like between these three movies, these movies have generated nearly five and a half billion dollars of revenue. You go to James Cameron because you want money.
1: Which like, is obscene, by the way.
0: It is. It and and that's and that's just ticket revenue. That doesn't count. Like, merchandising rentals knowing nothing. that
1: i feel a little like oh i feel a little like dirty like i don't like that
0: say hey, capitalism <laughs> i mean that's well i mean that's a whole other game. issue but
1: also uh he acts in titanic he's one of the dancers in the steerage scene
0: oh shout out to the we ass dance moves uh <laughs> shout out to steerage I, don't even, I can't even spell that. So, like, I, like I was saying, when I said like he he wanted to do a shipwreck movie first and then build the love around it after it, like that's not that wasn't like a joke. Like, that's how he wanted to do this movie. And so, for him to have the kind of the faulty points of you know building this relationship in the matter of three or four days, he kind of had to take leaps and to get the money back on the movie, which in the time people thought it was going to be a massive failure because of how expensive it was. It was two like, hundred. 200- million dollars yeah like that's not even by today's standard that's pretty decent money but like i said like they had to figure out how to get the money back somehow and so like they needed leo on that cover
1: for someone who is so notorious for like refusing to do anything he doesn't want to do this whole movie seems like something he didn't like The last hour, I feel like, is the first time where I'm like, oh, okay, James Cameron is jazzed to be here.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you gotta pay the toll to ride the ride. Like, the first two hours of this movie is him just being a Hollywood chill. Like, the first two hours is I just need to make Leo and Kaywin to look beautiful and get full frontal and then boning. I need to do that so I can break this fucking ship. He wanted to get to point C, so he had to make points A and B by any means necessary. So he he did it. Like, that's that's kind of it.
1: Yeah, uh, I also would just like to uh, encourage people to not pull a James Cameron and dump a bunch of lights in the ocean. He also was in, I'm trying to find the exact name of it, but there's this documentary that they made because he, like, started doing a bunch of, like, ridiculous underwater, like, Exploration I mean, after yeah. this because he had half of Titanic money. Yeah, the and Great
0: Abyss the Ghosts of the Abyss and the Aliens of the Deep.
1: There's another one, and I don't remember what it was called, but it was done by like Rolex. It was presented by Rolex. And uh, he gave the crew that made it Final Cut and they make him look terrible.
0: I mean, no no <laughs>
1: no one likes there was, work with him. It's <laughs> an interview with his wife. Where she's like, well, I would prefer that he was, you know, on home at home on land with his family, but if this is what he has to do to to feel accomplished, I mean, I guess I can't complain. And I'm like, please complain. I want a movie about you complaining, lady. Like, yeah, make make your life a documentary. Monetize this shit. I want to know.
0: I mean, you wanted the TMZ ness. That's all you wanted.
1: I mean, I would love to know what it's like trying to live. With James Cameron. I mean, <laughs> like, do you think he he cares like as much about like the way his movies turns out? Like, do you think he cares? Like, do you think he looks at his son and goes, Ugh, "Your bow tie isn't tied right for 1912 high society"? Like, I gotta know.
0: To wrap it up on Titanic, so to wrap up Titanic, outside of just the money that it generated, does this movie need to be made?
1: Ah. Uh...
0: Hey, whoa. <laughs> uh, ha,
1: ha, ha. I mean, who are you asking? Are you asking, like, Catherine, who encourages pioneering and like, how films are made? Or are you asking, like, Catherine, person who had to sit through four hours and 16 minutes with the CBS commercial interactions, or three hours and 15 minutes normal person?
0: I am asking the woman who watched this movie from beginning to end. That's the only caveat I have. So like Get- Catherine... In Kat's opinion, does this movie need to be made?
1: If it did, it needed to get a better screenwriter.
0: Kat, there's a yes or no question.
1: (laughs) I am terrified of answering this because I just got called blasphemous for not having seen it until now. I know I offer to fight the fanboys and the DMs a lot, but I'm really afraid of the fangirls. They'll rip my eyeballs out while I sleep.
0: I mean, you can't be afraid of people. (gasps) Okay.
1: All right, let me, look, I'm gonna go out on a limb.
0: Kat, do you want me to say it for you?
1: No, don't worry, I adjusted my bra straps, I'm fine. This movie does not need to exist. Now, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary compatriots, before you come to my house, torches a-blazing, let's have a quick chat. Aesthetically, this movie is beautiful. The costume design and the set design for this is absolutely stunning. And I will be honest, I cheered when the atrium ceiling gave up and I got to watch water pour through it because I have been waiting two and a half hours for that at that point. In, a, in the larger, more abstract sense. I know, I know, Leonardo DiCaprio. ha, huh, But he looks much better in Catch Me If You Can. He doesn't look like he's literally 14. So you know, hey. But also, ladies, if you were thirsting after him when he was in Titanic, you're probably too old for him anyway. He doesn't like to date women older than 24. The things I think this movie did, and I'm glad that it did, and I wish it, you know, I'm happy it did. I love Kate Winslet. I'm glad that she got to do things. I'm glad that Kathy Bates got to do a thing. I'm glad that Victor Garber, not William Callahan, comma, his character in Legally Blonde, period, got to do some things. But as a three-hour monolith of culture in the year i was born i do not think that this needed to exist
0: all right Catherine Chinetti giving the hot takes on golf radio i guess my last lesson titanic i kind of like sort of bookmark things like i can watch this movie and i obviously i was of the time so i do know the titanic like fever that swept america and I mean, in in the world, basically. But there's nothing really to extrapolate from this movie other than the the grisly death of how these people got got. Like I mean, they they even explained it in the first like 15 minutes, the 15 minute mark of the movie, where you just see the 3D model of what happened. Yeah. And actually, that's all you kind of need. Like you don't need to see also, you know, frozen it, babies. I
1: really wanted more from like. Team present day. I really liked, I liked team present day. I liked the older woman they had to play Rose. Yeah, she was nice. She was cool. To me, I thought that woman, I just wanted a little more from her.
0: I mean, she was telling the story. And so, also so we, we saw,
1: we saw a little bit from her in the beginning. We saw a little bit from her in the beginning, in the middle. And then we saw her die.
0: Yeah. Good old Rose. Good old Rose.
1: It's been 84 years. Anyway, that's my story. I'm glad I've served my useful purpose. And uh, anyway, uh, I'm just going to drop this necklace in the ocean and and return to my spiritual home, the sunken Titanic.
0: Yeah. I mean, shame, man. Like, 90s Leo was pretty... Well, so yeah, 93, mm-hmm. What's Eating Good With Great, 95, Basketball Diaries. And 95, Quick and the Dead. 96, Romeo and Juliet uh 96 Marvin's room and 97 Titanic Then the year after that he had men iron mask and then the beach which is actually kind of okay. I think it's underrated but
1: but 2002 catch me if you can
0: uh, he had gangs in New York in 2002 as well that, like,
1: that to me is like he looks a little too baby-faced in Titanic for me I was like girl don't don't settle for a boy you have to babysit. To me, I he mean, does not look like a young man in this movie. He looks like a boy. And maybe it's just because I saw this movie when I was 22, but like that's not what I was looking for.
0: I mean, he was 22 when he made this movie, so, I mean, he is young. I mean, I don't think she looks older than him, but I guess my argument is not really that this is... I'm not saying this is, like, apex his actual talent. I'm just saying, like, when this came out, this is, like... Leo he, was, he
1: was leo leo teen to throw, throw that shit on the cover of tiger beat or whatever the fuck it's called no i get that yeah but it doesn't do anything for me i'm not jazzed
0: and that's fine cat i promise you that's fine even though you think it's not fine it's fine <laughs>
1: I worry about some of the female friends that I have that listen to this podcast.
0: I mean, if you guys want to come on here and defend the greatness that is Titanic, please hit Cat up, and then maybe we can get you on to Maybe defend.
1: don't hit Cat up. Cat has no patience for Titanic <laughs> and does not want to talk about it anymore. Bro, I have a child. <laughs> please, I'm all she has left in the world! Bro, oh
0: my god. I have a child. That's a, that's how I sum up Titanic. I have a child. Billy Zane. I have a child! There's a at Billy. least
1: one woman also who has a towel wrapped in a towel and is like, my baby! Oh, she has the American Sniper baby. The very obviously fake baby.
0: I mean this can't have real babies out there shooting. I guess Jane Cameron has some kind of heart, I guess.
1: I mean, yeah, but couldn't they have just used the model of the dead baby that they used later instead of literally wrapping a towel in another towel? I mean I don't You know. already had the prop made, yo.
0: Already had the prop made, yo. It's like
1: sound advice. Or whatever. It's like Comics, conventions, and cosplay, or whatever. It's like Ladies' Night,
0: or whatever. It's like
1: wrestling, or whatever. It's like parenting, or whatever. It's like anime, or whatever. It's like spiritual warfare, or whatever. It's like great friends, awesome people coming around doing what we do best or whatever you should watch listen and follow or whatever it's like a podcast or whatever
0: all right now your favorite of these three movies fucking avatar oh my god (laughs) okay
1: bold of you to call this my favorite
0: (laughs) Ah. Oh, so it's not your
1: favorite, huh? Okay. I don't know if I liked this or Titanic less,
0: honestly.
1: Oh, this is going to be a really long episode, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, I don't want to talk about Avatar. Much like James Cameron's films. I don't want to talk about Avatar very long at all, to be quite frank. Like, this movie is way too much and too little at the same time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so for me personally
1: one of the things that i i would just like to continue to give cameron an accolade for is that like i think aesthetically this movie still kind of holds up i mean it's yeah, a lot of neon colors and, and but like the animation doesn't look shitty yeah like it doesn't look great but like he picked such an offbeat style for these creatures that like they don't look bad yeah
0: i mean they're all right i don't want to
1: i don't special? i don't think I don't think they're hot or anything, but, like, I know some no, people do, and I that's mean, their
0: business. That's, I mean, you know, we don't necro-shame. We don't avatar-shame, I guess. We necro-shame
1: a little. We don't Na'vi-shame, though. Okay. No no Na'vi-shame in this house. Bro, you stick your ponytail into whatever you want.
0: You know, the moment I rolled my eyes super hard was at the very end when... The uh, toy soldier guy is fighting the dude, and he's like, You traded on your race. Hey, Sully. How's it feel to betray your own race? You think you're one of them? Time to wake up. Wake <laughs> up! Oh uh...
1: You want to know the best thing ever? Yeah, you do. Of course, I do. So, that guy, whose name I don't remember, but like, you know, generic Navy man McGee, is the Darth Vader of the Avatar series and is going to be the
0: next four movies. Are they resurrecting him?
1: Yeah, baby!
0: Oh my god. Jeez. They're making him
1: half robot.
0: Jesus Christ. I'm not watching these other Avatar movies. I I hope you
1: know that uh, I plan to not watch an Avatar movie until Avatar 5, Rise of the Seed Bearer. Oh. So I'm going to watch one, and then I'm going to watch five with none of the incidental three movies. Mm.
0: Do you think we'll still have this podcast in 10 years?
1: Uh, It's supposed to come out in 2024, so we just got to hold on for four. Hold on, The fifth one? Yeah. Are you sure? So it's, uh, let's see, 2021 for the next one, 2022 for the next one. Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to be 2026.
0: Oh, my God. They're just. Well,
1: because the thing is, like, they're trying to, like, Lord of the Rings it, and they're recording all of them
0: and making all of them at the same time. Bro, this is so not needed, man. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is so so not needed. I feel really bad
1: because I feel like Sam Worthington has, like, Has he made anything that's good? I mean... Because I feel like he's been okay in some things I've seen him in, but then I was really, really thinking about it, and uh, I couldn't come up with anything. I feel like he's trying really hard... And he's really excited, clearly, to be in this movie. Because this is, like, his first, like, really, really big role, I feel like, also. I mean, he was in Terminator Salvation. Barf. He played Macbeth in a version of Macbeth. Barf. Hey, Macbeth's an alright character. At least it gives you a good action reel, usually.
0: I'm looking at this filmography. He looks like Barf. He's not good in this movie. There's no, no, but
1: he tries really hard. And he makes me feel bad for him as Sam Worthington and not... For him as Jake Sully.
0: Jake Sully. Oh uh, yes,
1: I did just had to scroll down to make sure I had that correct.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just going to
1: be honest, because I watched part of this movie and I got bored. And I started just doing a full face of makeup and reorganizing my laundry chest and cleaning my bedroom and then I realized there was still an hour and 40 minutes left in this movie
0: I mean this movie's not good man this is not good I I remember the first time I saw this I was in a movie theater in New York City and I ended up getting into a a Facebook message conversation with this girl who I was like interested in at the time Mm -hmm. like that conversation it was even spicy but that conversation was way better than this fucking movie like this movie was just not good It just wasn't.
1: I will say that I am not upset that the world exists because I think that the world of Pandora lends itself very well to three to five minute long theme park attractions. Um,
0: Are you going to these theme parks though? Uh,
1: (laughs) So the short version is I went to Disney the year that Avatar opened, but I did not want to get to Animal Kingdom at 5 a.m., to ride a ride that opened at 9 a.m.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: But I will go when it is safe to go again, because I feel like I have put it off for an awfully long time.
0: Bro, these theme parks will be I, nuts when they open again. Oh, my I God. I
1: would like to ride the Mighty Akron.
0: I wanted to do the Star Wars Galaxy shit. Yeah. I'm not, it's not going to be possible for like another, like, two years, man. Like,
1: yeah, oh, absolutely not. Uh, But that said, hey, we should plan a trip in 2022. I'm not doing no Avatar shit, girl.
0: I'll drop you off at a different part of the park. Jesus. i see you in like four days. You're going to come back. You're going to be You're going to get Avatar. You're going to come back like one of the Na'vi. (laughs) No, I'm going to go
1: first thing in the morning, ride the Mighty Akron, and then go live the rest of my life. Because I have no desire to ride the boat ride through generic Pandoraville with no payoff at the end. <laughs> I've uh, shown you the payoff. It's that creepy, creepy puppet lady.
0: Oh my god, that shit was terrible. That shit and was... I don't
1: wanna I don't wanna
0: hang out with the
1: creepy puppet lady. I'm all good.
0: Yeah. Ugh,
1: I'm man. acting all demure like I don't know her name. She's the shaman of songs.
0: I'm sad you know her name. <laughs>
1: I also know the meaning of her song. Jesus. It's fine. Also, Sivako means rise to the challenge. I'm embarrassed by how much of the Na'vi language I remembered from my first watching of Avatar, actually.
0: How do you not... you, You know all this culture. You don't like the movie. You gotta explain that.
1: I don't know.
0: Jeez. Sometimes it's that simple.
1: I think that the original pieces of the language I picked up from the film... Because it came out when I was 11, 12. 2009. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what else I was doing when I was 12? Teaching myself elvish from the Lord of the Rings. Because I had no friends and was garbage. Nerd alert! So yes, I did call my friends scown until last year.
0: In the Navi language, scown means moron. Yes, cat used language from Avatar to disrespect her nearest and dearest friends. This is why she's the greatest. Oh my god, bro Not actually, but like nah, it if took have, too long Bro, if you'd call me a scound, I don't know what the fuck I would do. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking funny. Uh, Ugh.
1: But then the theme park opened and as someone who's always been interested in themed entertainment design. I feel like I was just interested in it as, like, that... A a themed entertainment experience. So I didn't really care for Avatar, but at the time, it was the most high-tech, most immersive thing that existed in that field.
0: So, the only... Other than generating money, the purpose of this movie is just to get to the theme park for you? Yeah, and I
1: mean, eventually, Avatar 5 colon Rise of the Seedbearer.
0: But, like... That sounds like a, uh, a dick slinger. <laughs> See, I bear the seeds.
1: <laughs> and I mean, I bless the rains down in Africa. So hey, um oh my yeah, god. yeah, no, the whole the whole thing seems like a mistake, but There's I am a was a mistake. I'm fascinated by the fact that this movie that is not that good is somehow breeding like five sequels, a beautiful like theme park land where apparently you sit on a ride vehicle and can feel the freaking Mighty Acron breathing between your legs. Uh, Shout out to Mike Carlson of Podcast The Ride, because I consistently refer to them as the Mighty Acron because of him. I don't have a good answer for you, but I feel like I've heard enough, probably enough Podcast The Ride, honestly, where they talk about it that I'm like, mm, let me just do, like, a little research. And let me just do a little research. And let me just do, like, a little, like, and it just kind of turned into, like, let me do a little research about the theme park thing. Let me do a little research about the theme park thing. And then I was like, oh, did you know that, like, Navi do this as a customary greeting? And I was like, where the fuck did that come from? But, like, it was just something I had internalized <laughs> in reading these blog posts about, like, the how they chose to scale the, the Hallelujah Mountains.
0: This This really sounds like Star Wars building to me. Which I'm not anti. Like I'm, I think obviously Avatar the movie is trash, but I okay. think if I think if there's actual world building going on that people are doing, I think I can I can not think. I know I can understand why it's kind of interesting to people. But
1: also I feel like Pandora, the world of Avatar, locked so Star Wars Galaxy's Edge could run. Okay. And like as someone who like when I grow up I would love nothing more than to design theme parks. Understanding that is kind of important. Okay. Uh, But anyway, the movie's bad. No good. Very bad. Don't do it.
0: Very Um, bad.
1: Apparently, it's, like, fun if you drop acid. But, like, even then, I don't think it's that fun. Because there's, like, a lot
0: of violence in it. Yeah. Like, there's only... I've never done acid, but... I I haven't either. The only time to really watch this would be, I guess, from the moment he, like, becomes the Avatar... But you want to get out before the big-ass tree explodes.
1: Also, you know, hey, what the fuck is this movie, man?
0: Bro, like, the the existence of this movie is just to get money. Like, that's that's the long and short of it. I feel
1: like James Cameron was like, I want to make a fantasy movie, but I don't want to deal with costumes. Also, I want to make it an environmental fable. Also, also, what if they're nine foot tall and blue? Also, also, hmm I made Titanic. Also, also. And then this all just snowballed into so I'm making a equal parts animated and non-animated fern gully that's also Pocahontas with nine foot tall blue aliens.
0: You know and,
1: and the Hollywood executive looked up from his pile of cocaine for long enough to nod and then went back to what he was doing.
0: Like, it's so funny. So apparently he started the actual writing of this in 94, and then Pocahontas came out in 95, so...
1: The writing?
0: Yeah, what apparently... writing? Apparently the development of Avatar uh, was... It was a treatment because written in 94 for Most Avatar. of
1: Avatar is technical jargon, and then people very condescendingly going to Jake Scully, or Sully, did you get that?
0: I mean... He's kind of the clan of the jarhead. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> okay, but also, like, uh, he was a, what, Marine? Yeah. Who got, like, grievously injured, and people are treating him like he's actually an idiot. Like, I mean, both of his legs got broken, not his brain. Like, I
0: mean, he's. Well, he's not an idiot for. I mean, that's kind of the thing, like. His thing, he's not unintelligent, but he doesn't know shit about the Na'vi culture. So these, again, I guess this is stereotypical of the the way the movie's built. Like, in the scientist's mind, because he doesn't know shit about what he's actually doing there, they treat him like he's dumb. And I guess even the, the marine side is they're kind of treating him like he's dumb because they're basically manipulating him it's not even real manipulation they're basically saying you're a marine you we need you to, to serve this covert mission server because you're a marine and he says hoo-yah <laughs> like, <laughs> so he eventually does learn the navi their culture I'll, and their language
1: i'll and, be honest though i had to pause the movie and like take a walk when when russell i think his name is the like other scientist kid It was like, we're going to the Hallelujah Mountains. And then he, like, looks at Jake and is like, do you know what those are? And I was like, I... That was hilarious. (laughs) Ah,
0: That
1: was so funny. You
0: dumbass. (laughs) The Hallelujah Mountains, you dumbass.
1: (laughs) Like, I I literally, like, first, I initially chuckled, and then I paused it, and I had to just, like, pinch the bridge of my nose for a second and be like, you know he can read, right? Like... (laughs)
0: Yo, that shit was so funny. He was so condescending. Like, Bro, why are you this why are you mad, first of all? <laughs> like like he was, I guess he was mad because I guess he got chosen over, but it's like, bro Well
1: yeah, but that's because his avatar body just happened to have like a, a rockin' bod that Zoe Zeldania was like, Yeah. So like whatever, it's fine. Like
0: My God, this shit is so crazy. Like, also,
1: I'm sorry, that sequence where Zoe Zeldania was like well, this other hot navi also thinks you're hot, and he's like, well, what if I picked someone else? And she's like, well, maybe she pick, maybe someone else picked you too. And then they like immediately like bang. In my mind, that scene is set to the the Aerosmith love song from Armageddon. Jesus. I don't know why, but every time.
0: I mean, it was written like it, so it makes sense.
1: Every time I see that sequence, and that has been true since I was a little, like a little girl, like 12 years old, I was just like, ah, the Armageddon song should go here. Why isn't the Armageddon song here? I don't this wanna
0: fall my eyes. I don't wanna fall. Asleep. Like it. Wait, this movie was cheesy enough for that. Honestly, I feel like it would have been a little better
1: if it had a, at least a little bit of a self-aware edge to it.
0: I mean, it's it's not self-aware. Like, I mean, I mean, heck,
1: if we wanted to make fun of Armageddon, throw in "Tell Me What It Takes to Let You Go" because at least that contains the seminal lyric, "Girl, Before I Met You, I Was F-I-N-E Fine." <laughs> at least we could have had that.
0: Sorry, and there's nothing gonna save this movie, man. Like, there's the uh, only thing I would say this movie was a a better a better script.
1: But better instead, actress. we wound That's, up with with. Gown and a Duolingo course to the Navi language.
0: It's so funny. And like, a theme
1: park land where you can get a tiny, a tiny little banshee to sit on your shoulder for seventy nine ninety nine plus tax.
0: Yeah, like it's it's too many things that needed to save this movie. So I guess we'll we'll wrap it up on that, man. Like this, this movie is just not worth saving at all. I'm guessing.
1: I think it is though. Like I think it could be a really solid like hour 40 to two hours action thriller for kids about the environment and overcoming prejudice. But that's not what it's trying to be.
0: That's not what it wants to be at all.
1: But that's what it's trying to do.
0: Yeah.
1: But for adults. It does not succeed. But it's just so stuntedly written.
0: Yeah. It's just not what you want, man. The, the graphics aside, like this movie just is not what you want, man.
1: I I would I would like to go see Pandora in Florida because if nothing else, I bet it's pretty. I would like to touch some shrinking mushrooms until a large angry creature comes after me. Like I'm not I'm not busy these days.
0: No one's busy these days.
1: So, you know, hey, I could think of a worse way to kill a couple hours.
0: Uh, unless you want to add something to end the show. I don't 'cause where we ended we basically right. we were shooting on Avatar unless you want to have like a different ending than that I don't know if another ending is needed really
1: I hope James Cameron makes other things besides the four upcoming Avatar sequels but I'll be honest that seems unlikely Uh, so I wish him all good things with his hot nine foot tall blue people and I hope that he is able to tell better and more subtly nuanced stories with them
0: maybe that will make it
1: yeah, I mean, uh, that's, like, the last intelligent thing I've got left in me after watching all these fucking movies. <laughs> oh, man. Find Kat at Kat Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Find Marcus at Show and Mad Love on Twitter and Instagram. S-H-O-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V Please join our Facebook group at We Should Do This Again Sometime and follow us on Twitter at Kat, K-A-T, and Mark, M-A-R-C. Read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and themarkrob, themarcro Be sure to tip your waitress at Katherine Chinetti on Venmo. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenley under hyphen podcast group in conjunction with It's Like a Podcast or whatever. Thanks again for listening. We should do this again sometime.